everyone. Welcome to the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm Forums Edition, I should say. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home games and at Hold'em underscore Steelers on Twitter. I'd like to thank uh, Learn Pro Poker, Website Amp, the small, small business community, and Running Aces Racetrack Hotel and Casino for their sponsorship and support of this podcast, which I have so much fun every week talking with this awesome panel of poker fans who come and join me, and we just get to chat strat, man. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. So this week, I'm joined by a few, but why don't you lead us off, Chris, and tell us where we can reach you. Yeah, I'm Chris Jones. Happy to be here. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. I am John Somsky, and I am Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 everywhere. And just like every week, we're going to take a post from the Rec Poker forums and talk about it. Just like every week, we're playing against each other in the home game, trying to take chips away from each other and win one of these fancy bronze pins. And if we're lucky enough to do that... Some of us might go on to win one of these coveted, elusive silver pins. Just saying, pretty rarefied company. Not They don't give those out to anybody. Yeah, that's right, Rob. I can see you shaking your head in the background. <laughs> so, um, asterisk. Aster- oh, yeah, there is an asterisk. That's true. It actually does have an asterisk behind it. That's a good point. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for pointing that out. I can always count on you. So this week, uh, we're joined for a third week in a row. I think this is our last one with Kim Petvet. But uh, Kim, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Happy to be here. I'm Fergie 56 in the home game and pet bet everywhere else. And Kim is uh, one of our famous Canadian members, and so is the poster of this week's uh, discussion post. This comes from Wiener85, the Twitter guru master of it all, Chad McVean. And the, the title of this post is Early Hand from Tonight's Tournament. So we'll just get into here. So uh, Chad is playing in the low jack. He's got four of clubs, four of hearts. He's almost got Chris Jones's favorite hand, but he's just one rank lower. He gets called by M. Bobker as Michael Babker in the hijack, John Letzi in the cutoff, Jasper Jr. in the small blind, and we go to a flop. The flop is ace of clubs, jack of diamonds, four of diamonds, and so Chad has flopped bottom set on a pretty wet, pretty wet board. So Jasper Jr. checks out of the small blind, and Chad bets 180 into the pot of 422. So I'm just going to stop it there, and we can talk about it a bit. To me, whether I have bottom set or not, I'm going to be sizing up a little bit here on this wet dynamic board like this, because there's a lot, whether I'm bluffing or, or betting with one pair or betting with a set, um, because it's a very juicy board. You'd love to get heads up here after this street. And um, if I was tempted to bet very small, I think I'd be more inclined just to put that hand in my checking range and just have a different range for betting with, with a larger size. But, um, what do you what do you guys think? So again, ace of clubs, jack of diamonds, four of diamonds. The pot's four twenty two. We've got bottom set. What what are you making the bet there? Anyone who unmutes first, John. Uh, personally, I'd probably go uh, the smallest. I would go to, would be half pot. I'd probably do just slightly over half pot because the board is so wet. Hmm. Yeah, and we're going to be out of position a lot too. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, I don't I don't know if if you need to go 
half pot. You could probably go quarter to a third still. The problem that you have is in your multi-way pot. You don't want to start inflating this uh, unnecessarily. You've got a decent hand. Um, people are going to be pretty inelastic on this kind of board. So they either have something and they're going to call or they're not. And it doesn't matter what your bet size is, I don't think, to chase away the players that don't have anything to continue with. So I would, I would probably still st stick with the smaller sizing just because it's four-way. If it was heads up, sure, you want to get more money in the pot, but I don't know that you want to get more money in the pot with three other players. I do. I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get this is this is uh, so just uh, like slightly disagree because I this is like a dream flop when you've got pocket fours. Uh, I think aces are going to have a tough time folding. Diamond draws are going to have a tough time folding. Even jacks are going to have a tough time folding. And if and if somebody please 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 have ace jack, let's go. Um, so I and 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 because of that. Um, yeah, this is a this is also a board that that I it's not just when I have my sets that I'm going to be betting because this board has that sort of dynamic to it. I, I'm probably betting two thirds pot on this. Mm. I'm probably betting like three hundred or something on this kind of board, um, because because I don't mind if this pot if we if we inflate it and I feel like I can do that. Also, I'm I'm the opener. I have um, a pretty uncapped range here. I can have sets of aces. I can have sets of jacks. I can have ace king. Um, and I and you know, let's have people stick around with me. Let's go. <laughs> and the ace is not the ace of diamonds. So there are a lot of uh, ace i uh, flush draws out there too. That mm -hmm. that you know you could mm -hmm. you could have easily easily from there. So when when you say that you're doing that larger sizing, no matter what you're holding. That's because it's a fairly value heavy range. Like, and, and some of those medium strength hands that we would maybe make a smaller bit with otherwise, we're just going to check instead and maybe balance that with some check raises, some check calls. Am I reading that correctly? That is my take, yes. Because mm -hmm. I think it's interesting the, the concept about just changing the size, the, bet, the size of the bet should have an effect on the range that you're employing that bet with. So mm -hmm. that is, it's not always straight, you know, the, the smaller, the bet, the, so, the looser so range, but for instance, if I had, um, uh, I am, you know, and especially cause this is four way multi-way I'm betting big with, with the strongest value and my strongest sort of draws. Mm. Um, but I am not betting a lot of hands. So I like, if I had somehow, you know, like, let's say I had, king jack of hearts or something on this board um that is a clear check for me yep what if you had ace king there would you would you be betting big that is probably the bottom of my of my continuing range and yes i would bet that same size i agree i think on this dynamic board this is bound to hit a lot of the people that called range so you really want to bet big with your draws and with your made hands. Yep. All right. So as, as played, um, we get a call from Michael Babker and John Lutze, who are both in position to us and Jasper Jr. folds out of the blinds. We get to the turn. The flat, the pot is nine sixty two, and the turn is the king of clubs. 
So king of clubs, ace of clubs, jack of diamonds, four of diamonds. Um, so the pot's 962. In a vacuum, uh, what's our, are we, see, are we continuing here? What's the sizing of our turn C-bet? What are people thinking about that? I'm inclined to continue. The king came in, which does bring a queen 10 Broadway straight. That's true. Uh, but it also makes a lot of two pair hands, which are going to be paying us off now, which is great. And uh, it also introduces some one card straight draws for some players. They're going to have a pair plus draw now, and they're probably going to come along with some of that. And so I'm, I'm inclined to, what do we say the pot was here? Nine, 62. Two players behind. Yeah, I, I still would be inclined to make a certainly bigger than one third, I guess is what I'm saying here. More like more like half or even larger than half. Although I, I've been told that I, I typically make small flop bets and large turn bets. So I don't know if that's part of my own thing, but I would be inclined to size up here. I think you can go three quarters to a full yeah, pot yeah, here. Yeah, 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 nice. The thing and, is, is the people who are on the stronger draws aren't going to fold no matter what. So you may as well get some money out of them while you're still ahead. Um, especially now that a second flush draw came in. So there is just so much, the board is so dripping wet. Um, and yet you still probably have the best hand most of the time here. Um, so you want to make them pay for that river card and you hope they call, but you want to make them pay for it. That's a great point. Cause it really is. It's one of those rare situations where, Lots of different holdings have at least a marginal hand. Lots of different holdings have a redraw. And you aren't blocking any of them because you've got bottom set, which is the best possible place to be in from this point of view. And so it, it does. Yeah, I, I agree, John. And I think, I think Rob said earlier that the actual ranges are going to be fairly inelastic to sizing at this point. So if you wanted to be exploitative about it, I think you could size up with your value hands and size down with your bluffs. But again, I don't think that you, you shouldn't have that many bluffs here because it's hard for them to continue on the flop and not have a hand that's still going to continue on the turn here. So given that you're, you're just by the math of your range, you're going to be strong here. So I think you don't gain anything by making a small bet and maybe they'll discount the strength of your hand. I think you might as well just tell them, yeah, I have a strong range here. Here's a big bet. Deal with it. Yeah. And I think we we've talked many times about getting that bet in on the turn mm. while people still have the draws because mm. you don't want, you don't want, you, don't, you want to be able to get the money in when they still have an op ability to call, whereas they can't might not be able to call on the river. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a hard time getting a hand that you beat calling you on a river. Exactly. I mean, maybe you can get a two-pair hand calling, but even that's going to be tough with this board. And that's another great point because the river is going to – odds are the river is going to be scarier than it would be for most other runouts, if you know what I mean. So, like, with, when the turn is this runout, the number of river cards that are not going to chase away your action – drop significantly so whether you actually lose whether you get outdrawn with with two players you know that's possible one of them could be drawn to a straight one of them could be drawn to a flush you don't get to tell which one's which or get to choose which one sticks around in the hand but um 
Oh God, I was going to, I was going to sound so smart there, folks. I guarantee it. I don't know where it went, but, oh yes. So, but even if you don't get outdrawn, the odds of a scare car coming that kill your action is something that we don't consider enough as well. And I think you're much more likely to get paid on the turn. Um, and then maybe even get a smaller bet paid on the river, depending on how it runs out. But I think you can get a big pet, a big bet on the uh, turn here paid. Yeah. So uh, as played, um, the pot is 962. Chad is first to act and bets 300. And I think Chad might be trying to just bet what he thinks is like a wider range there. Like I think Chad maybe is thinking I'm going to be betting a bunch of these other hands here. So I should make this a smaller sizing. And I think, I think that's just, I think in fact, you would just not be betting with those hands. So you don't need a size that fits that wide range. Um, you're only going to be betting in these spots where you have a big size uh, value or a, or one of those few draws that have a, a lot of equity in it. Uh, and so Michael Babker and John Lutze both call Lucy, uh, both call the 300 and we go to the river. The pot is 1,862 chips and the river is the five of hearts, which is pretty bricky. It's hard to be brickier than the five of hearts given this action. And I think the, I can't tell exactly where the effective stacks are right now, but I feel like we're deep enough that. We started with 3000 per hand. Oh yeah. Okay. Is this, is this, this early in the, in the second hand, second hand. That's what it is. Thanks Kim. So I would be betting. I would be betting here again. Um, you're still going to get called by all those two pair hands. That's really all you're targeting at this point. I think you're targeting two pair hands. So I think you have to make a call that it, well, you have to make a bet that's going to get, that's going to get paid by them. I guess I know John Letseed, he's an aggressive player. So if I knew that if I just checked, he might try and take this away on the river, I could see checking to trap. Um, but again, I just, I don't, I don't know if many players are going to be bluffing. I guess if you bet, no, I don't know. I, I'm inclined to bet. I'm inclined to bet. What, what do you focus there's, on? There's a ton of hands that are going to call us that we beat. Um, and there's very few hands out there. I, I would argue that basically at this point that there's maybe two combinations of queen 10 that beat it. You know, queen of diamonds, uh, 10 of diamonds, and queen of spades, 10 of spades are maybe the only two combos that beat us. Um, and there's a ton of there's a ton of like sticky aces that are gonna get uh, sticky or two pairs or there's just there's a lot of things out there that people are just not gonna be able to fold to you know I would I would be probably putting in a kind of a half pot bet and you know I'm I'm hoping somebody shoves on me because I. I, I think I've, I've, there's, I, I just, I don't think I'm beat here in very often at all. I agree. Yeah. It does feel like there's just, there's a ton of two pair hands out there. Yeah. yeah I think, I think you want to bet here. I don't think uh, a check is in order. Um, he's bet, he's bet pretty small the whole way through. Um, whereas I agreed on the, on the flop, I did agree on the turn. I think it should have been bigger. And here, I think we need to lead out. Um, if you were beat, you were beat already on the turn. 
this five didn't do anything to change that unless somebody was sitting there with pocket fives, which is highly unlikely. Who plays that garbage? Well, yeah. I don't know anybody that plays pocket fives. They wouldn't get this deep. <laughs> I would get this deep with pocket fives. Yeah, I don't think they get to the river. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, they're not going to get to the river with it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, that's a good point with the turn. Even those two combos that I just mentioned that beat us, I yeah. think we probably hear from them on the turn. Right. They have they with have the a main straight draw. with yeah. a flush draw out there. Like two I, flush I just, draws now. I just yeah. don't think we're beat ever here. That's a great point. The only That's hand that might slow play there would be the Queen Ten of Diamonds, which is is like the only it's one hand out of all the possible yeah, hands. Right, right. So and if they have that, you're gonna go broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. So what we're saying is we're going to call this bet. We're going to put the last of our chips in. Now, it is scary when you, I mean, the river's a brick. One person puts a, it's not that big a bet. The first bet's only about a little over half pot. And then you get shoved over an all in. So there, there is a, you have to, you do have to think about like, what, what does that action mean for the range of that? shover but i still think they're doing that with like i don't know two two pair there's got to be some ace okay well now i i just spoiled it for myself so i don't want to get i just rolled down to the answer absolutely because i think that you've been sort of betting small all this time Mm. and you check and they're just discounting you as having any type of a hand great point and in their mind they're only playing each other in this hand yeah that's a really good point so then I, I would I would like, if I check here, I guess it's because I kind of want it. This is what we were saying earlier, where we could get that aggressive action from someone in position that might not make it otherwise. Induce action from those aggressive players. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what ends up happening uh, is it, it goes bet, shove. Uh, Chad ends up folding. Um, so I guess he thinks there's someone out there with the queen 10 or a bigger set. There could theoretically be a bigger set up there as well. Um, and then they turn over ace, Jack and ace five. So we were, we were right about the, uh, two pair. Um, and then the rivered two pair for Babker. He didn't, didn't get any luck at all. That's the worst possible card that could have come for Babker on the, on the river there to get two pair like that. That stinks. Um, and interesting, so John Lucy is in the forum here. So he's writing about this hand from his point of view as well. And he says uh, that he'd timed down. He, 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 was, he could tell that it was a real decision that uh, Chad had. And um, John says, on the river, I would have called most bets from you if you'd continued. But when you checked and Babker led large, it looked like on the river, him and I was maybe ahead of you. So we didn't put you on a set, uh, blah, blah, blah. And figured he could get a call from Michael, which he, which he did end up doing. And he also says that having three players in the hand changed the dynamics and it might've changed the action on, on earlier streets, which is a good point. Um, ARW also has a great post in here. ARW does wonderful work in our forums and um so he's got a bit of a breakdown he also thinks the flop sizing was a little too low and um he advocates going for three streets of value which i think we all agree on here and 
Yeah, he just says that it wasn't really a value check as played on uh, on the river, which I think it kind of depends on what you're trying to get out of it. But given that we folded to the action, I think that's I think that's true. You know, so, if, you, if you think about it too, if if in game, you know, you're sitting there all the way and you're betting all the way and you're getting called all the way, it, even though the river was a brick, you you see monsters under the bed. What are these yeah. people calling with? I mean, I've got a set. What what are they calling with? I don't understand. So it's very easy to get caught into that mindset that oh man, they they have to have me beat. There's no way they'd be betting without having a, a hand that beats me. And I think that's that's like that's not a bad impulse to have when you see this kind of action. Like that's a good thing to be thinking about. Um, and he even says here, uh, Chad says in the chat, that if there was one, if there was only one opponent in the hand, I would have called. Both seem to 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 make their actions pretty quickly, and the raise and re-raise on the river really solidified the thought that he was losing to one of them. And that's that. That's I think what is a good thing to be thinking about. I think Chad knows what he's doing when, when you do see this action. But what, I mean, hands, what hands could they possibly have? You said but, they could have sets, but they, I think they probably would have three bet that pre-flop with even Jacks, either mm-hmm, of those players mm-hmm, in position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's um, a good point. So they, they probably don't have aces or kings unless they're really slow playing them. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think it's easy to lose track of that when you're in the heat of the battle like this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what happened here because we have the luxury of sitting back here and analyzing it a little bit at a time. We're spending a half hour analyzing this one hand. <laughs> yeah. He's got like 20 seconds to make a decision. <laughs> you know, uh, um, it's very easy for us to say, oh, yeah, they couldn't have anything. <laughs> No, that's a really good point, though, because just by our, our hand, by our range work, by them calling preflop, I think that's a great point, Kim. You, you can take out aces, kings, and jacks. And I think with this crowd, you can take jacks out, too. Um, and Chris made the great point earlier that with two flush draws on the board, that straight is going to raise the turn. So when you rule out those three sets and the straight, even though you see this action in front of you, I think, I think if you had enough time to to really go through and do that hands range work, you could eliminate a lot of the hands that that are ahead of you. So, that's that's well done. That's some great points, guys, gals and gals. And All it right. really does. One last thing about this: when you think about these kind of hands, when you're in these type of spots, it really changes the dynamic. The like the the order that these cards come out, it's like it really changes mm. it. If this had come out Ace Jack King. Then I think Queen 10 opens up to like a full, you know, like the full probably almost 16 combos of King Queen 10. And the straights become much more realistic. But once we're getting to a turn here, it just seems some of those Queen 10s, like, you know, and that's also why I like that bigger bet. Ah, um, yes. Because we're going to start, you know, like we're also going to start eliminating some of those and, and it makes it less likely by the time we get to this river that any kind of straights are beating us. Because I, you know, no, I don't think anybody's got two, three here. So I think we're only worried about Queen 10 and there just doesn't seem to be that many of them. And if they have it, you know, okay, I lost. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that is part of poker too. Like, you're going to get those set over sets. You're going to get those, you know, we, we just had a uh, second best hand meet a best hand 
And um, that doesn't mean that you played it wrong. And that also doesn't mean that I should have just shoved pre and then they wouldn't have been in the hand with this garbage, you know, like that's, that all kind of equals out in the long run. You're going to have these bad matchups every once in a while. And it's not worth adjusting your strategy to get yourself out of spots where you get beat by really good hands. <laughs> you know, that's just not something you get to do. Um, yeah, but this was really illuminating for me from a hand ranging point of view to get through to the river and say like, okay, like I'm playing in this email turn-based tournament right now and where I get like six hours to make every decision. And I like to think that if I was in a spot like this, I would be able to take my time, go through, start putting them through a hand funnel, and then realize that most of the value hands I'm worried about actually are, are should not be included in this hand range. So this was a really good eye-opening uh, forum for me. All right, well, I have so much fun with these chats. So everyone, thank you so much for joining me. Oops. Haha. <laughs> And thank you also. <laughs> you can't do it too smoothly. You got to get the wrong musical cue in once. But uh, Running Aces, Racetrack Hotel and Casino, Learn Pro Poker, Website Amp, the small, small business community. Rob, Kim, Chris, John, thanks. Thanks.